Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that delves into some of the biggest issues in HR and tries to explain them as much as we possibly can. My name is Kieran Howells. I'm the head of content here at HR Grapevine. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Sophie Parrott, who is the editor at My Grapevine. Sophie, how are you doing? Hi, Kieran. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, the sun is shining, though it's a bit cold and crisp outside. But um, that's, uh, I suppose, a better start to the day than we've seen the last couple of days. Yeah, very, very true. It makes a real difference, doesn't it, when the sun is shining above us? It does, yeah. And I think that actually, Soph, happens to be a perfect lead in to what we're talking about today. Obviously, whilst the sun is shining, it is still a crisp and cold morning out there because, of course, it's January. And for many people, that means January blues. So we recently actually had Blue Monday Probably our audience have heard a lot about this over the last week or so. Blue Monday is kind of a ubiquitous term now for this point in the year when everyone's a bit low. But actually, the term itself has some pretty interesting origins. So it was actually coined by a psychologist and life coach called Cliff Arnold in 2004. And it was essentially part of a marketing campaign by the company Sky Travel, trying to kind of flog a few more holidays in the in the darkest days of winter. So whilst the concept of Blue Monday itself may be a little bit bogus, perhaps, the stats have pointed to the fact that happiness levels do kind of slump in the first few months of the year. And in fact, January 2021, so this time last year, was reported to be the saddest on record, according to ONS data. And happiness fell way below previous lowest figures, which were recorded in 2012. So there's some truth to the idea that January may be a, a, a kind of a sadder month. But I thought we'd delve a little bit into why that is. So do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about that, Soph? I mean, I think we often hear the term January blues kind of being thrown around after the first period. And I suppose it's something that you might be hearing at work and it might be something that's actively impacting employees at the moment. And just to kind of showcase how many people this might affect before the podcast, I looked at some 2020 data from KLM and this followed the the World Happiness Report. And this was cited by The Independent. And the study effectively found that over one quarter of people in Britain have the January blues and admit to feeling a little bit more kind of miserable and unhappy than they would at other points around the year. So that kind of demonstrates, you know, that could be a significant portion of the workforce if we were talking in workplace terms. And I think, you know, there are kind of many commonly cited reasons behind typically feeling a bit bluer in January. So for a start, I think people tend to feel a little bit spent out after Christmas. They might have less money in their pockets and they might be trying to make things stretch until their next paycheck. We kind of spoke about this at the beginning of the podcast, but obviously the days are shorter and much colder. So people, you know, might find themselves going to and from work in the dark, which can be difficult for people to adjust to. I think as well, traditionally, there's quite a lot of excitement over the festive period. You know, lots of people tend to meet up with friends and family. There are work-related Christmas events and drinks parties and so forth. So I kind of think, you know, by the time January hits, it can feel like there might be less to look forward to after you've had quite a a jam-packed December calendar. And obviously coupled with the fact that people might feel like they are a bit more spent out, so they might not have as much money 
I think it's also important to mention as well seasonal affective disorder which is a type of depression that's related to changes in the seasons. The NHS said that SAD can also be referred to as winter depression due to the facts that the symptoms tend to be a bit more severe in the winter months. The NHS website cited some of the common symptoms of SAD, which include persistent low mood, irritability and, and so forth. So I hope that helps, Kieran. That's just a bit of a, a run through of potentially some of the reasons why people may be struggling in this time. The these are some of the challenges that your employees may be facing currently as well. Yeah, thank you so much for that. So um, really interesting stuff there. And, you know, I definitely I definitely identify with a few bits and bobs there, especially being a bit more skint in January and uh, feeling like the days are a bit colder and a bit more miserable. So I guess the next thing that we should cover really then is some solutions here. You know, what can you do for your staff to improve these colder winter months and maybe lift spirits a little bit? So the first thing I'd like to suggest, and I'm just going to throw a couple of things out there, is that this is a really good time to take a step back and listen to staff to understand that they're struggling, to appreciate that this is a hard time and to actually talk to them about it. People may feel like they can really benefit from speaking to their line managers or employers about the challenges that they're experiencing. Just knowing that someone's there to listen and understand what you're going through, that makes the world of difference. And we can't always assume that people have that in their personal lives. So that's definitely something to consider. And another thing I'd like to throw out there is the idea of flexi time. As Soph said, we're waking up in the dark and often, you know, we're finishing work in the dark as well. So offering people the option of maybe taking an extra hour or so in the middle of the day to get outside, to have a walk in the sun, to actually feel like they have some time in that time can be really, really beneficial. Have you got anything else to add there, Soph? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things I think that spring to mind for me personally. One thing that could be a good suggestion is showcasing the importance of getting staff to properly switch off. Once you kind of get back from Christmas, it can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelming when things start to pick up pace and you start to go back to work in January. So I suppose it's essential to ensure that staff do have a proper time to switch off and kind of be away from work. So just a couple of things, maybe, I suppose, for those that are specifically working from home, tidying away your, your work belongings at the end of the day can kind of help decompress. Obviously, if you have a home office to work from, you can kind of shut the door on that at the end of the day and then kind of continue with your evening. Not everyone has that luxury, I suppose. So, you know, just anything that you could do to tidy away all of your work bits and bobs to kind of create a bit of separation between work and home life. We've also seen lots of examples and suggestions of, you know, people going for a walk or cycle at either end of the working day to kind of act as a fake commute, which I suppose can be a good opportunity to kind of reflect on the day and also to either prepare you for work or to give you a bit of breathing space after the working day before you go into the evening. Other things that we have seen kind of in the last 18 months or so, the CEO of a company told Wired about an initiative called Walkie Talkies, which effectively enabled staff to go for a walk when they were dialing into some meetings where laptops weren't needed. So, of course, that would you know allow people to spend a bit more time out in the fresh air during the working day, but it's also really good for encouraging exercise as well. So those would be my thoughts in response to your question, Kieran. 
Yeah, I love that idea, Soph. I really, really like the idea of getting out and having a walk while you're talking. So we did actually go out to an expert to gain a bit more insight here about how to improve well-being through the winter months. We spoke to the CEO of Healthy Place to Work. His name's John Ryan. Uh, he's a very knowledgeable chap on this subject. And he not only gave us some really good tips, actually, on this, but noted that being cognizant of employee well-being really should be a, a year-round concern. It's not something that just affects employees in January and February, obviously. So we're going to hear from John now. So from a personal point of view, I actually get the January blues, but funnily enough, I get them in October when the clocks go back and it gets dark and my birthday's around then. So I think one of the messages I'd have for HR is not just do this in January, right? You really need to be dedicated to workforce health 24-7, 365 days a year. But I suppose looking at January, I think one of the things is to recognize it as a thing that people are probably a little bit low in mood. And to talk about it and let people know that they're not alone. They're not the only one feeling that way. And it's important, I suppose, to get closer to people all of the time. So any managers in the organization should make it their uh, job to get really, really close and not just have performance conversations, but obviously have the real conversation, which is not just a casual, how are you? But it's an actual, no, I really want to know, how are you? Are you okay? Are you doing okay? What are the biggest struggles that you're facing with at the moment? But for HR, I think they need to move to building a long-term plan that really responds to what's going on in the lives of the people right now. We call them presenting issues. We've seen the organizations who get this right are the ones who kind of engage with their employees and ask them, you know, what are the biggest issues that you're facing? What would you like to see us do? So that they're kind of co-creating a plan where they collaborate and they sort of say, this is what people want us to do. This is how people want us to respond to the, the things that they're going through at the moment. So. Because, you know, it's not always universal. Different people can have different things going on. I think January can oftentimes be also a time when performance appraisals happen. A lot of organizations have dreadful performance appraisal systems. So one of the best things they can do with regard to people's health and well-being is to improve their performance appraisal system. It, it can be really linked to goal setting. And goal setting is important in the January because it's something that you can strive for and look forward to. And it's very positive. I think another area that kind of gets people down uh, that they feel stress over is when they feel out of control. And obviously the pandemic has left people feeling very out of control. So any ways that the organization can give people more flexibility and more control and autonomy and job crafting is a good way of doing that, sort of giving people some say over what they do, when they do it, where they do it, who they do it with and the like. Look, exercise is always going to be a winner here. And it's about building it into your routine, not trying to, you know, suddenly go to run a marathon. But it's actually about trying to make small changes to make sure that you get the physical exercise that you need, because physical is the answer to mental in a lot of cases. And what we see in organizations is that they do meetings on the move. So if you're going to have a meeting, why do it under those fluorescent lights and in a, a room? Get out, get air. Um, and even if you're taking, uh, if you're working from at home, take the call outside on your phone or, you know, with earphones in, that works too. I think the last thing, I take inspiration from the Danish people. They have a thing called Huga. And this is sort of saying, look, it's winter. So let's enjoy this time. And that means, you know, the coziness of the fire, lighting candles, I don't know, getting into a onesie, if you like that, uh, or a good book or the like. But it's actually recognizing that this is the time we can't change it. It's a little bit dark. It's a little bit cold. Make the most of it. Enjoy it. 
So some really, really good points from John there. Actually, many that echoed our own findings there, Soph. Um, I also really like the idea of taking on board the hugger element of winter and actually trying to kind of embrace it as, as the change of seasons there. Yeah, I have to agree. And I think, you know, it was definitely good that he gave a couple of examples of how we can perhaps go about embracing the winter season a bit more. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. Uh, So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a really interesting conversation. And to our audience, remember to check back at hrgrapevine.com for loads and loads more insights on the HR agenda. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. 